Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 46 of The Ripper, The Teller and The Gremlin. So as always, we are going to start with our news pieces. And I have something to talk about that it's, it's been so long and it's, it's, it's probably finally closed. The case on Epic versus Apple. Oh, corporate beef. Corporate beef is back wow. after a long hiatus. Um, and I can't tell you that it's going to be a, a positive journey to end on. It's, it's not great for Epic. Oh, no. really? No, I haven't yeah. been paying attention to this anymore. <laughs> I I haven't really either because it has gone on for so long. But I think finally it's obviously this isn't the end of the court cases. Court cases don't just suddenly end, you yeah. know, with one decision. There's loads of like appeals and then you know reappeals. But the current situation is that they have ruled that Apple doesn't have a, a monopoly on the, <laughs> the kind of you know, <laughs> mobile uh, games, even though I. D- I guess maybe because of um, Google, Android, yeah, and stuff. just having a separate store. But but they're shocking. Of... Let's be honest. <laughs> Either <laughs> not, way, not great interfaces. They've basically said that Epic was kind of in the wrong because they knew the service uh, terms of service and they broke it knowingly. And True. they've basically said, "Yeah, you you can't get anything Epic. You stop trying, stop digging." So Epic has completely 180 and they're like right hello um mr apple we're sorry could i please be back on the store um and apple being apple and being very petty have said no there's so much money to be made apple what i know and they basically said like you know oh we just we just want to we just want to put Fortnite back well, on they the store gloat a little just, bit just want to get money back for me and you apple, remember it annoys me so much because i can literally just see apple's smug little hands like, oh of together, course like, like little like smug faces like <laughs> don't forget guys listen to us on apple podcast yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just the fact so um apple informed epic that Fortnite will be blacklisted from the Apple ecosystem until the exhaustion of all court appeals. So like I said, this is kind of one stage of the court ruling, but that's not the end of it, um, which could be as long as five years in terms of court rulings. Cause that, you know, like I said, this case is going for a long, long time. Um, so that's not to say that Apple are going to suddenly at the end of the, you know, the period of the court appeals go, Oh yes, fine. Come back. That they could still be just as petty and be like, no, don't, still not letting you on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, obviously they're saying until it's dealt with, then then they'll do it. But yeah, like I said, that that doesn't mean they can't change their mind. So I just feel sorry for Epic in this situation. You know, they've tried yeah. really hard to fight for a change. They've lost it, and they've ended up losing way more than they probably bargained for. They probably thought worst case scenario, they'll apologize to Apple. Apple will want the money back with the, you know, with Fortnite on the Play Store, at the Apple Store. But no, little little petty Apple has to has to have the last laugh. Um, so I think they're trying to appeal it in court now and be like, look, please, please, <laughs> we, we kind of depend on this money now. Um, which well, is do why they though? Do they depend on that money though? I was going to say I was talking about. Um, There's still a lot of money that they make just from the consoles. Like, and I, PC I was talking about like this the other day to um, somebody, and I was saying that this. Well, this is what I was saying. Like, yeah, I was saying this the other day, and I was saying like, you know, whether or not you have ever played Fortnite, whether you played it before and hated it or loved it, whether you've mixed matched your feelings about it, you know, wherever you stand with that game, um, especially with Fortnite, not so sort of epic in general, but with Fortnite. 
credit where credit is due to them because they are in <laughs> regards tried. to crossovers as well and things like that in games they are literally like untouchable because mm-hmm. they they i don't know if either of you know this but um i don't i don't play it anymore either but i don't know if you know this that they've just recently done a crossover with balenciaga as in the expensive clothing brand um and <laughs> Like they've done that so, many, so random, so many celebrities, um, and now they've moved on to clothing brands as well. They did Ferrari recently as well, um, and things like that. And it's like, I mean, yeah, it's always cool to see these little. I I love these little events they put on, and they do great. they do like, a fantastic job. Like, yeah, like so. I don't know if they're going to depend on the money, but at the same time, it's it's still sad to see that they lost that because you know, screw you, Apple. Um, well, this but, this is the other thing. Epic actually had to pay Apple as well. Oh no! They had to pay them six million, and then it's like, but can can we just play nice now? And then Apple like, nope, (laughs) (laughs) because they asked. They so Epic said, Epic promises that it will adhere to Apple's guidelines wherever and whenever we release products on Apple platforms, and they still were like, nah. Mm. They they got their six mil. They've got their their smug pride and they can walk away. And it's just it's just mm. heartbreaking. Like yeah. they just wanted a change. That's that's it. They were just fighting to see if they can get it. And now Apple's just making them suffer because they were the ones brave enough to stand up against them. But I can also see it on the flip side, you know, there was a lot of kind of snarky, you know, with the whole like 1984 thing, you, you are kind of slandering the company there. <laughs> so yeah. I can see in a way that why Apple would still be resentful towards Epic, but maybe at the end of all these court proceedings, Apple and Epic can finally play nice. And, you know, those iOS people can just enjoy Fortnite on their mobiles again. Hmm. Not that I've ever been one of them, but (laughs) this was a fun story to watch Mm. and sad ending, to be honest. I really wanted Epic to have some form of a win. Yeah, but, I mean, they just, like you say, we, we joked about it before, you know, billion dollar company versus trillion dollar company, but clearly more money, more better lawyers. Yeah, yeah. It always We always said that it would probably go towards Apple anyway, just keep throwing money at it. It's like, you know, the, the Bezos lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just keep throwing money at them, they'll win the case eventually. But moving on from corporate beef, um, probably the last time we'll visit epic and apple well, actually i say that we'll probably be here five years later like wait we're back <laughs> we, got, we got the ios epic store. had to pay them more money <laughs> <laughs> and after another 50 million they said yes you can come back but no so moving on a uh, a game that recently released that probably neither of you are interested in um and i'm not either but that is diablo 2 resurrected um, oh, i'm interested in that are you actually? Yeah, I love Diablo 2. I mean, I like... The best Diablo. I love Diablo 3, but... Uh, Diablo 2 is so much better. Is it? Yeah, it is, though. Are you going to get Diablo 2 resurrected? I, yeah, I was considering it, Um, because oh, that's, that's the first one I ever played. That was the my intro into the... Into the um, and Diablo 3, for me, was a massive letdown, even as a, as a kid when I played that, because... Oh. Diablo 3 is so much more colourful and poppy. That's why I like it. (laughs) Yeah, but the first, Diablo was meant to be this dark, like it it was Dark Souls before Dark Souls, where it was this dark, like not as in terms of gameplay, more as in that gothic fantasy aesthetic. Mm -hmm. It was dark and grimy. and, And I think Diablo 2, I don't know what the remaster or remake's like, but the original is so 
it just is it's, it's awesome to look at and they do so especially for the time they did so much with so little yeah to create this insane gothic environment um and i absolutely adore that game <laughs> like i'm sure there's nostalgia that's like but it's also the fact that i feel like that was when the setting was at its best in terms of what i enjoyed from the setting that makes sense yeah definitely see i was i was kind of interested but then i just thought i'll wait for diablo 4 <laughs> Just because they were like Diablo 4 is going to be way more towards what Diablo 2 was like you've just said that more dark gritty uh, hope so. kind of take on it so I was like I don't really see the point of me playing 2 then I'll just wait for 4 um, I mean you know if you like 3 I think you'd like 2 though oh yeah probably but at the same time there's a like a lot of kind of grinding and I'm just uh, I don't know if I'm ready for it. So yeah, just, that was my. I'll wait um, for four. I think. Like like I actually really I still even though like what I just said I still really enjoy three, but even I remember playing that years ago, and the level grind is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It just and then you just get these numbers up into the like quadrillions, <laughs> <laughs> and and it just gets ridiculous. But anyway, so back to the the story at hand. Diablo two resurrected actually launched very recently. Um. And Blizzard just, just can't catch a break, can they? Because <laughs> um, I don't know whether you know about Warcraft. Yeah, three, Reforged. Reforged. Bradley, we've yeah. talked we talk about some podcasts before. I'm oh, devastated. Yeah. Of course, of course. I remember, Warcraft yeah. 3 was my favourite in the franchise. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like, so the... remember playing it on the piece. Like, it was pre-installed on something like my dad's PC. Oh, yeah, I do remember. Like, talking. Yeah, yeah. And we, t- you know, we talked about how bad of a remaster or oh, that you know, was whatever that was meant to be. A remaster. Basically, not it looks like the original game, but worse somehow. <laughs> anyway, like that was how that was that was one of the worst ever examples of a remaster. Um, Just play the original, and now Resurrected is not looking great to be honest, in terms of it's launched with loads of bugs and some of them being game breaking and really frustrating for players, um, such as cr- you know, crashing the typical crashing, of course. Um, one of them is that you will play for a few hours you'll come off and you'll just lose all your progress so that's always fun oh in a, yeah and a really grind I like game. wasting time yep me too <laughs> um another one is that even if your character does stay in your save file um it will tell you that you can't play as them because they're already in the server <laughs> what <laughs> so so you just can't play a character because someone else is apparently playing it even though they're not um that's so wild. It's, it's just launching to all these kind of bugs that they really don't make a good name for themselves when they keep launching these things and they're, they're meant to be like blizzard is in my opinion meant to be one of these elite developers like uh, we were talking, i would add was <laughs> what exactly was we were talking yesterday and um alexa asked me oh what, what, what engine is overwatch and i was like i think it's a proprietary engine by blizzard because they don't like relying on like third party engines yeah. and that is the case i went and looked it up and i was like yeah of course they are they're so elite that they they wouldn't rely on like unreal because they're oh, not someone I love else unreal. i know same but like so i i see where they're coming from where they're this elite company this developer that is self-sufficient but then they keep doing this recently they're meant to be these like really higher quality games and they're just releasing it and people are just hit with these really depressing bugs that shouldn't be happening in a remaster. Like one of the things you want from a remaster is to have a, a polished experience. Yeah. You don't want to go back to a game that's really old that then doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> like, or what was the point of remastering it? Yeah. If it doesn't work. But 
uh, I don't know. I'm really glad I didn't buy it because that would really like irk me off just launching into the game. And then like if I'd lost my progress, I probably would have requested a refund if I'd like yeah. played like five. Because I have long sessions. We know this. If yeah. I spent like five to ten hours for that to just be lost. Oh, oh yeah. God. But uh, they are fixing it, to be fair. You know, obviously Blizzard are completely on it. But at the same time, should it have been launched in this state? Probably not. Nay. <laughs> As always. Just, uh, it's the cyberpunk route all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's such a shame because these should be like surefire things, right? These should be, uh, you know, small development team, mo- modest budget and just like, here's the game all the more not all the bugs but you know as many of the bugs fixed as we could and it looks prettier it looks nicer it runs because smoother thing, is if there's bugs in the game i'm fine with it but if there's game breaking bugs in a game it's not okay you know like there's that level where it's like oh okay that's just annoying you know if it crashes as long as i've got my save that's fine like you know i'll, I'll load back up if it's crashing every five seconds well then you have a problem <laughs> <laughs> it's things like that it's the it's the little inconveniences and the nuisances between game breaking and that just the nuisances and i don't mind when developers launch a game and there's loads of little nuisances you know that's part of of gaming it's it's not a perfect experience 100 percent of the time but these types of problems are just they're so not okay for a company like blizzard when especially when their reputation is just constantly being squashed like if you're activision at some point you've got to like look and think we are dragging this company that was once <laughs> beloved. Like we're Literally. dragging its carcass through like the streets. <laughs> it's just, it's just sad, and I'm glad I don't have Diablo two. Yeah, but... same. I'm so I, I had no idea about any of this, but I remember thinking when I saw that announced, oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And I think the beta was like fine, and it's always that like the last minute change that just ruins everything. <laughs> Or like that one bug that no one in the beta for some reason got, but now everybody's getting it here. Um, I don't know what the problem is. I'm really hoping that they've, uh, you know, kind of sorted as much of it out as possible. I think they fixed the losing progress, um, but I'm not sure about the character lockout thing. Um, And I'm sure there's loads more. That was just a few examples. But Mm. moving on, um, I want to go to the other side of Blizzard, my side of Blizzard, um, and that is to talk about Overwatch. Um, I don't do it enough, so I thought I'd do it now because there's an there's an opportunity for me to do it. So Overwatch 2 is a game that will never ever release, and that is known by the fan uh, fan base now. <laughs> is that a conspiracy? It's, no, it's it's literally it's been in the like in talks for so long and it just will never get a release date. Every time a developer is asked, they're like, ah, I can't give you a release date, but it's nearly there. And that's like literally all we ever get. Is Two years awesome. later. Yeah, literally, this is like year four or five. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> this game will never get released, but they keep showing more and more for it. And the um, the Overwatch League Grand Finals, which was, you know, pretty good if uh, anybody uh, likes Yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch them, but they're highly competitive. I know that much. I, lo- I love Overwatch esports. So I watch all the playoffs. Yeah. Recommend it. If you ever, you know, if you're not someone who, who's into esports and you want a place to start, Start with Overwatch League. Yeah, such uh, a good experience. I mean, find a game you love and like, no, just I, start with Overwatch League. <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't matter. You might hate Overwatch. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, definitely find a game you love, and that was and then, me. Overwatch. I, I mean, yeah, because that's what happened to me with um, Total War Warhammer. Like, I I've never liked esports really that much, but 
I started watching a few of the tournaments and they're so sweaty and so competitive. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm like addicted to watching these tournaments now. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it, you find a little niche, especially if you're not someone, if you like competition, but you're not someone who really associates with like traditional sport, that's me. I like the idea of competition, but me watching a football game is pointless because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't, I don't find any sort of emotion from this. But so that's where esports slots in perfectly because I love the games I watch. Um, but esports aside, that's the whole other conversation. They announced loads of like cool things for Overwatch Two. Um, they they announced two character reworks because the idea with Overwatch Two, like the big thing currently, is that it's going from a six v six game to a five v five game. Obviously, oh. that's quite a scary jump for a lot of people. So they're taking. I don't out... really like that. No, see, I didn't at first, but the more I play Overwatch One, the happier I am to be losing someone on my team that lets me down. <laughs> Could they not do like? W- would they never do like different player count modes? I don't know. This is what I said. Maybe they'll they'll kind of they'll because adapt I to feel it. like an Overwatch where there's like a big team battle. Where there's like you know like twenty of you either side, it would just be hilarious, and it would just it would just be like carnage. I'm hoping we get these types of things. I said that they should have a a classic mode for the people that just really can't get into it. But Mm. that was announced a long time ago, and what they've done since is they said that pretty much everyone is going to be reworked to fit in a five v five mode, rather than just going all right, take away a player, there you go, ship the game. So. I can see why the game is taking so long. Yeah. Because literally, so they showed off uh, two of the characters, Bastion and Sombra, getting a complete rework. And they've literally changed. They've kept the core components the same, but they've changed pretty much everything they have. Yeah. Which is huge to do that for like 32 heroes. Um, Obviously, not everyone will have these complete overhauls, but it was really cool to see what they'd been working on. And, um, And then they did what I said they should have done before. So before... They showed off Overwatch 2 gameplay, uh, the 5v5, with a bunch of probably developers. Nothing against developers, but not the most interesting <laughs> They're not known to for, watch, for, for very watch. good Yeah, skill. and I was like, oh, what is this? What, oh, this yeah. looks kind of meh. But then they got, so in the halftime of the grand finals, they got two um, Overwatch League teams to play against each other. They kind of mixed up the players, so it wasn't just the two teams. But they got all pro-level caliber players to play against each other and i was like okay this looks pretty good now like this is where i can see the game actually thriving rather than what i watched before where it was like this empty shell of a of a game <laughs> of these poor skilled players but it, it was quite interesting i'm still unsure about 5v5 i like the idea because like i said i'm just fed up with people letting me down <laughs> it's just one person less to let you down <laughs> you'd um, rather have a lone wolf game mode would you bradley well it's because so i i play tank and they're removing the what is the off tank role so the person that kind of supports that they're not really removing that role specifically because there is no specific off tank but that's basically what it's going to be because you're going to have one tank so you will only have a main tank (laughs) so they're kind of removing that and making the tanks more powerful so in my head i'm like i play the tank i'm going to be more powerful i don't have a second person to rely on and it's going to be really good but I, i don't know I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I just want this game. This is like the most excited game I have that's coming out. And wow. we have no idea when. Like, 
I find that. I mean, I know you love Overwatch, but I find that. It's my favorite game. Lovely. It's my favorite game of all time. He really? Literally is on it. If you watch it, he is. Like, on I knew it you loved it, but time. I thought it was just I like a competitive game that you yeah. just, like enjoyed. No, oh, no, I, I, I literally Overwatch. see him on it all the time. I'm wow. literally like, oh, what's Bradley Bradley playing Overwatch? <sighs> I've never been able to it. get into it. It is is weird. It is one of those I, games. I I played it before, and I I played it for a little while and i remember you tried to teach me how to get into it didn't you bradley do you remember yeah i was trying to get you to, to learn tr- some of the characters yeah and like trying to sort of like advise me and stuff but i think i could it's a game i could have got really addicted to but i think i just was playing it at a wrong time there's always like overwatch too <laughs> yeah well there we go i don't know it's like the other games are like i know i will love overwatch 2 regardless because it's overwatch mm-hmm. whereas every other game that's going to release i'm like I'll probably like it, but like, so like you know, it could the, be like the worst sequel ever, and everyone hates it, and you'll be on the podcast. Song. It's because it's game. not. I love it's it. like it's like a fake sequel. You know, it's like the core game remains the same because they're keeping all the characters, they're keeping all the existing maps. They're more just like rolling it over into Do a second game. You find that a bit shady though. What they're like... going to charge you full price for that? Oh, but there's also like a massive single player mode they're releasing with it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. People were like, it could be an expansion, but I'm like, I don't really know what this game is anymore. It's not a sequel. It's not an expansion. It's it's a bit of both. It's yeah, it's a bit of both. There seems to be enough content to warrant the price, though. From okay, from from what I'm gathering, and like you know, it's it's my favorite game of all time. Of course, I'm of course I'm gonna be playing the price. I don't care. I also got the original one cheap twice. I got it cheap on console and cheap on PC, so I don't resent paying full price for <laughs> for a Overwatch two copy. But yeah, so really cool to see the stuff they've been working on. I do love just here. They got the developers on as well. Love hearing from the developers. I always like it when they're passionate about the game. The, the lead developer actually got quite emotional. And I thought that was the sweetest thing because <laughs> of seeing pros play his game. He was like, it's like, them, you know, they're playing my baby. <laughs> like for the first time, he's little, he's nurtured it into the point where pros can take their, their, their controls. And it's, it's really weird. But I thought it was really sweet. Mm. So hopefully I'll get Overwatch 2 next year. Um, probably not. <laughs> That's probably not, but you know, we're gonna you know. we're gonna we're gonna be on like the fourth anniversary of the podcast, and you'll be like, hopefully, hopefully next I'll year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're starting that the other the other cool thing was that that was the last time uh tier one, so the, the highest tier of um esports that Overwatch One will be played. Next season it will be on Overwatch Two. But they keep saying it's an early build, so that doesn't mean that we're going to get it next year because <laughs> they keep saying it's an early build, so they can cover their bases and say, "Well, you won't have it till 2024, <laughs> but yeah. they'll have it next year." So, really cool, really excited for Firewatch here, obviously, and um, yeah, go watch the the grand finals. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I will jump straight into my news then, unless you guys have anything else to add on that. No, 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 I'm good. Okay, so uh, I'm actually a bit light this week. I've only actually got two pieces of news. What? Uh, no. Yeah, well, because because I, I, I sort of, there were other bits and bobs, but I didn't really find anything that interested me as much as these two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, just uh, maybe I've completely just missed some like massive announcement, which is probably very likely. It's probably someone out there who's like, oh my god, he's missed the Halo news or the Bioware news. <laughs> he's, or missed, the... he's missed the Halo Warhammer crossover. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that, I mean, there's rumors that Microsoft are moving in on uh, Sega. 
Oh, God. So if they get Sega, um, then the, well, obviously they wouldn't get the Warhammer IP, but they'd get Creative Assembly. And Creative Assembly already made Halo Wars 2. So. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So um, mm. as like a little spin-off game, it was like a small, de- it's one of their small development teams. Okay. Um, so, you know, if they did, I'd love a Total War Halo. Oh, that'd be wicked. I don't know how they do it, but like if they did it where they created whole cities and then you can move squads into like the buildings for cover and like a proper like Halo War simulator. That's like next, next gen. (laughs) Well, you say that, but there's been like, um, you'd basically essentially have to combine the current Total War sandbox with like um, stuff like Men at War, which is, uh, which is that where it's like, loads of squads those are tanks and you you move them all into cover and stuff i think they've talked about um well there's been speculation about a warhammer 40k total war right and people loads of people are like it's not possible they could never do it some people are like oh they could do it like here's how they could do it and explain stuff but it would be a like total war hybrid right so it would resemble parts of the old total wars but it would be almost something completely new right mm-hmm but I don't know. We'll see what the future holds for that for that series. But I thought that's just uh, as as a tangent I went on. <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting. But anyway, we'll get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of my news. <laughs> and I've actually got two uh, corporate news, I guess, kind of mm. like not corporate beef because the it's beef? not two corporations beefing. Beef. It's more people beefing. Beef and it's more people <laughs> beefing at corporations. Okay. So we'll get into the first bit, which I don't know if either of you saw, but have you seen this news about Marvel and Disney being sued yep. by creators yeah. slash co-creators? I wondered yeah. if you was going to talk about this. Yeah, go for it. Um, but so you've both, you've both seen it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so the notice is now, and it seems every day, another creator, co-creator slash co-creators family estate seems to come forward and join in this like you know megas mega suing (laughs) um but so far there have been five issued notices uh so five households five co-creators have joined in this like suing case um and essentially it's an argument over whether the work created belongs to the creators or belongs to marvel because Marvel are arguing that it was created in-house and that this work was made under work-for-hire contracts. Mm -hmm. So, like, you've been hired out by Marvel to produce stuff. But obviously, these creators are saying, that's fair, but you didn't come up with it, Marvel. You didn't make these characters. You didn't build this world. It's kind of like Tolkien making Lord of the Rings and going to a publisher, and then the publisher being like, because I'm publishing it, I now own your universe and own your characters. Yeah. That wouldn't work in a literature world. So why does it work in the comic book world? Like that's kind of almost absurd to think like, if you look at it from that perspective, that they've come up with, they've built this mythos. They've, it's all come from their heads. And now because you've published it, you get it. Like, but you know, I also understand that Marvel is a, is an entity it is a business and like you say, that was very specific contracts. It was work mm-hmm. for hire. You're making mm-hmm. it for Marvel. So I can see both of these sort of sides. 
Um, but it's pretty wild because as these allegations went on, it was like, oh, okay, it's for Spider-Man, it's for Doctor Strange, it's for Iron Man. And then as this has gone on, literally almost every single iconic Marvel character is being like thrown in the ring now because right. so-and-so's family estate has a claim on Black Panther and so-and-so's family estate wants the X-Men. And so, and so like, it's getting like really right. crazy. Um, so essentially there's three different outcomes we could see. Well, actually, uh, is it three, four different outcomes we could see from this court case, right? So are you ready for the four different outcomes? Mm -hmm. We'll go from um, most unlikely to most likely, shall we? Yeah. So we'll start with the most unlikely. Most unlikely is that the suing is successful and that these uh, co-creators slash family estates will gain full rights to the characters. Yeah. So that's the most unlikely circumstance. That's where mm -hmm. they, they come in and they're literally like, this is mine now. And Disney <laughs> and Marvel are like, oh, what do we do? Um, which would be wild. Because What would they even do with it? Well, they could do whatever they wanted. Stuff. I so that's literally like that's Stuff. what I would say to them if they were like suing me. I'd be like, "What, what do you want with it? We're well, bringing we're bringing people joy around the world. What are you gonna but, do?" But look at look at. As, as, yeah. I, um, I imagine like I kind of I said to my brother earlier we were talking about this and I said I understand a co-creator slash creator wanting their ideas to be owned by them. The problem I have is the few ones where it's not co-creators slash creators and it's their family estates. Mm -hmm. It's like my granddad made this, so I should own this. No, <laughs> you you didn't you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything <laughs> creative. You were just his grandson. Like so, I understand creators, co-creators, but like family estates. I'm like, stop trying to sponge off your family's like brilliance yeah. two generations mm -hmm. or a yeah, generation yeah. ago. Absolute. Well, I hate stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you've done nothing. You just see this is making a ton of money, and you want it. You haven't like created or and or like some, some of the creators like I think Steve Ditko is still alive um, and he is famous for co-creating. He was the artist who drew like Spider-Man, Iron Man. So like Stan Lee obviously came up with the ideas and storylines and the, you know, the character backstories. But Steve Ditko was really the guy who brought it to life with the illustration. Right. So he's or his household, one of them is, is one of the big factors behind this, like suing. Um, but okay. So, so, so the least, like, uh, most unlikely one is the getting full rights. Then mm. we go down another tier and it is co-rights. So co-rights is essentially Marvel owns half of the rights and the estate owns half of the rights. And I was kind of looking into this before and I was like, so has this ever happened before in, in film or in any industry? And it turns out that James Bond, at one point, the rights were divided between the, the family estate of the Flemings and the movie studio. So right. in one year, like years and years ago, there were two James Bond films that came out in the same year. Hmm. directly competing because one was made by the household and one was made by the studio and one had sean connery and one had roger moore wow how wild is that that is what the hell 
so essentially say it goes to co 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 uh you know co-sharing the licenses we could keep the mcu but now that steve ditko's family has iron man they could go to any studio they wanted and be like we're making an iron man movie that has <laughs> nothing to do with the mcu and they just cast a load of random actors and do like you know essentially their own version like that that could happen if they got like co-writes and i think that's wild yeah, it is wild <laughs> can you imagine that oh it'd be so and there'd be so people would like because i know we're nerds and i love all this stuff and i dive into this stuff but imagine how confused the general public would be yeah they'd be like oh my <laughs> god marvel did a new iron man movie then they go and they're like i'm so confused it's got nothing to do with the other movie made by tim burton <laughs> Oh, God. It's like all like Nightmare Before Christmas art style. Part of me would love for this to happen just because I'd love to watch those movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I imagine some of them would be like really horrendous. But we'd end up like a, with like a Bloodshore, like Captain America level movie. But um, oh, yeah, so, <laughs> so then the next one is um, so this, this is potentially one of the most likely outcomes. So um, this is basically they would get um, a percentage. Right. So the way it would work was is uh, they would get a cut with any profits associated with their characters. So say if it was Spider-Man for Steve Ditko, he would get a percentage of the film earnings. He would get a percentage of the merchandise per year. That's like like the Spider-Man merchandise. Like he would get a cut of that every year. He'd get a cut from the movies. And I think that is potentially one of the most likely outcomes. Yeah. That essentially the courts will just go, yes, you get a cut and it will be a certain amount. I don't imagine it'd be a big amount, but, you know, say um, one of the households, I think, was tied to Black Panther. That movie made like a billion and they didn't see like any money. So like imagine... If you, um, you know, just got like 10%, like 10% of a billion, like, yeah, yeah. that's mad. Um, and I think, to be honest, in all of this drama and stuff, I fall into this, into this um, camp. I firmly believe that the estates and the co-creators should get a small percentage cut of everything associated with their created characters. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a huge percentage. But the amount of money these characters make, even a small percentage, is a nice chunk of money and a thank you for creating these wonderful characters. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of fall. And obviously the, the fourth sort of outcome is this just gets dismissed and Marvel and Disney are like, ha we paid for the best lawyers in the business. Get on your bike. Go back to your hovel, <laughs> mate. Get you ain't getting get any money from, from this mouse house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so I've gone through all of that. What do you guys think? Where do you stand after I've given you all that information? I, I agree with your kind of point. I think the middle ground. I mean, it, like you said, if they're in a billion, even if you give them one percent, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's so much, but it's still only one percent of the total. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there definitely should be some form of cut because they're the creators. You know, is it is like ip should be protected just like it is in anything you know just like i wouldn't be able to go out and make you know a call of duty game (laughs) 
It's just like, <laughs> would you would you want pretty, to? No, it was just the <laughs> first. Apparently, probably I make a better one. What's <laughs> probably good? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's a what's a big franchise? Everybody knows. So it was like COD, but yeah, it's that same idea though. That that's copyrighted. That's protected. It's a property. So why is the character creations not also the intellectual property of someone else or like they are so why aren't they getting paid for it yeah mm. so i do i do agree with your point of the yeah. middle ground i don't think they should have complete control at this point i think it's it, yeah it'd I, be a bit I, weird to have complete control of them yeah at, or at even point. split control is is wild to my mind if yeah. we ended up with like another james bond scenario <laughs> but I do think, especially if it was, you know, if you're paid under the the company, then that is how it works. Unfortunately, the company do own it. So mm. I still think just give them a cut out of courtesy. Like I said, give them 1%. Yeah. And it's like. There, there was one of, one of the guys who's part of this lawsuit was furious because I can't remember which character he was tied up in, but I, it might have been Black Panther. But, but one of the characters he was tied up in, the movie had made like a billion. Mm-hmm. And um, he had been like, hey, Marvel, I, I made this element of the movie of, of like, you know, I, I, I came up with it. I think he came up with the storyline the movie was based on or something and, right. and a load of really important, you know, points. And he'd sort of gone, hey, Marvel, you know, I just saw, you know, this movie's made a billion. Like, am I getting any money? Like, that would be amazing. And they just laughed. No, they like, did huh. send him some money, but bear in mind that movie made like one point seven billion or something <laughs> absurd. Yeah. They sent him two grand. Oh, you made like one point seven billion. I mean, it's something. And you sent him, but... T- but that's just insult to injury. He was like, "That's mm. just more insulting than anything else." It's like, yeah, there you go, sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Keep quiet. <laughs> Back Exec- to your cupboard. The Disney executives are like getting like you know. 100 million like you know bonus paychecks off the back of some of these movies and mm. they're just like oh there's some some money for you it was all in, it was all your in blizzard gift cards as well get a second yeah. <laughs> it was all in blizzard <laughs> gift cards um yeah so jack what do you think on it all it's just i don't know it's crazy i think the 100 percent though you're right like the, like we've both you both said a few times that even the one percent is more than you know yeah especially like have you seen how much like money spider-man merch makes in a year no i imagine it's ridiculous i wouldn't know yeah i can't remember the top of my head but i know the figure is ridiculous yeah of course and this this is the thing isn't it it's just like it you know that's really do you need to be more greedy than that and like like bradley's point biggest point what what are you going to do with it you know what what are you going to do that otherwise that Make a cheap knockoff Iron Man at Paramount. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's crazy. Oh yeah, let um, let let. What's a really crazy film studio that does really weird? Can anyone think of any any really wacky film studios that make um, like Bloomhouse maybe that make those low budget horror movies? Yeah, that that's not a bad shot. Yeah. <laughs> let them do like a weird. <laughs> horror movie based on like Doctor Strange or something <laughs> yeah. uh, where like the main character is actually a teenage girl and she's like got to beat up Doctor Strange because he's got <laughs> wow and they're inexplicably just in some hospital because it's the only set that Bloomhouse could afford yeah <laughs> uh, wow right so, 
we'll move on to my second piece of news then. So <clears throat> my second piece of news is another person angry at a corporation. <laughs> so um, my second piece of news is about the Star Wars editor, Maria Lucas. Okay, so okay. did you guys, because I, I, this is, was a revelation for me. Do you guys know anything about Maria Lucas? Nope. No. So essentially, um, I found this really interesting because in the industry and a lot of people behind the scenes on the, on the original Star Wars trilogy refer to her as the mother of Star Wars. So th- this is like George Lucas's ex-wife. And okay. she was a massive editor, producer in Hollywood at the time of the original trilogy. And basically, it, she, she, it, it had come out recently because there was a, um, a like mem- memoir written by some big producer in Hollywood. And in that um, book, he had interviewed her and spoke to her. And that's where all this information has come from. But essentially, he was talking to her and from people behind the scenes, they call her the mother of Star Wars because she is essentially the person who saved A New Hope. Right. Because a lot of people said that A New Hope was massively long, really bogged down, like had dialogue on the level of the prequels. Like the prequels weren't a one-off. Like the, the, the original trilogy had like the same horrendous delivery and all that. And it's, it's reported that she came in, edited the movie down and made it flow. And right, if, right. if you watch A New Hope, it has a really brilliant rhythm to it. It's a, it's a, it is a fantastic movie. It still is. Um, and it flows really nicely. And apparently that is all because of her, because she came in and cut scenes and, and moved it around. And, and you know, and, and she goes to great length to say, hey, look, I don't make it this big claim to Star Wars because all of these ideas, all of this world, all of this was George Lucas. This was his head. Yeah, this yeah. was his imagination. But she came in and just made, like tidied it up and made it neater and made it coherent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she worked on the entire original trilogy. And that's why uh, the insiders call her the mother of Star Wars, because she saved a new hope in the edit. Um, yeah which I think was fascinating. When I read all that, I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And interesting to note, she had already divorced George Lucas by the time of the prequels, and she didn't have anything to do with the prequels. (laughs) So Hmm. a lot of people were saying she edited the original trilogy. Maybe if she had edited the prequels, they might have ended up more like the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is an interesting, you know, if we had a Marvel what if situation, I would quite like to <laughs> quite like to have seen those movies edited by her. From what we've been question. from what we've been told by the the insiders, but the, the 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 crux of this news piece is essentially she came out recently in this memoir in this in this book, and said that she thought the Disney sequel. Um, in her own words, was terrible, terrible, lazy, terrible storytelling. and she said that um she's quoted as saying she said jj abrams she she first said kathleen kennedy who obviously head of star wars she went i know kathleen i personally really like her i think she's a lovely woman and then she goes on to say but her and jj abrams who are the big forces behind the sequel trilogy she said do not understand star wars they don't get it they don't understand the mythos and they just don't understand the magic behind it 
which is why she said the magic is missing from the sequel trilogy. They feel like manufactured big corporate entity movies that are just ticking boxes yeah. without that. And she said, like, you know, as much as you can say stuff at the prequels, at least they had a vision. They had a identity. They had a character. They had uh, passion. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas she sort of goes in and then, and then she said something along the lines of she knew from the first movie, the minute they killed Han Solo, that they didn't really understand Star Wars because it's all about the characters. And then she said that the whole thing with Ray just turning up and just being incredible was a real slap in the face in the whole Jedi mythology, because that's not how Jedi work. You're born with powers, but you have to train, you have to focus, you have to harness, you have to... That's the samurai mythology that George Lucas brought over that really inspired the Jedi. Mm -hmm. This idea that you have the potential within you, but you have to nurture it, you have to grow. You're not just special, you're not just... It's in you, but you have to progress, you have to... And that's a cornerstone of the original trilogy, and to a, to a lesser extent, the prequels as well. Like Anakin is described as the most powerful force wielder, but because he's arrogant and, and doesn't train, he pays for it on several occasions throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a huge cornerstone of Star Wars that she said, you know, is just completely absent from the sequel trilogy. It, it, nothing is earned. Nothing is sort of, you know, that the mythos of Star Wars is ignored. Um, for a character who just turns up and is just great at everything and then does some training at the end. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I like aspects of the sequel trilogy. I'm not like a complete and utter sequel hater. Um, but this has vindicated a lot of people's feelings because a lot of people were told, you're just a blind hater. You just, you know, hate Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. Like, um, you can't judge this movie, these movies. And there's a weird kind of anti-outrage about the sequels to go with the outrage. <laughs> and I don't really understand either side. Like, I, I get being disappointed in them, but I wouldn't go so far as, like, to be like, we're going to burn Star Wars down, you know, just like, we'll just move on, we'll maybe try and make something better. And we did get something better. We got The Mandalorian. Um, but my original point, before I, I went off on that tantrum again, um, was essentially that, you know, she has vindicated a lot of people's feelings because this is the mother of Star Wars, saying that new Star Wars is soulless and a corporate entity, essentially. And I just thought this was a really fascinating and really interesting. Um, and she sounds like a badass. I love the way in her in her in her quote, she's literally just like, "Yeah." And you can quote me on that. And I was like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> it's like she going in. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you guys think on all of that? I know that was a big dump of information I just put on you, but it's really interesting. Obviously, I knew nothing about that, like about the her role in like obviously the films or anything like that. So I didn't know any of that. So it was all news to me. But like. Same. Yeah, but I yeah, it's it's all a bit strange. Like what people like you I think the problem is is that no matter what happens in life in any um any film, any series, anything that people can be fans of, sporting's the same, anything, you would always get anti-people against whatever the protest or the outrage is there will always be someone anteing it you're saying it's just human nature yeah it's yeah even if it makes no sense there will always be people like that that's just you know how life is so i guess but it's also like if someone hates something i don't understand the need to tell them that they're wrong because just let them hate it like is their hating it really 
yeah. impacting you that much? Oh, some people it does. It impacts that they, they, <laughs> some people feel like they cannot not say anything. It's like, because, like... I, you know, I, for a lot of the fact, I love the prequels. But if someone yeah. hates it, I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah, fair I enough, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, where were you, Bradley? Do you, do you think any different or? No. There's literally like, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just no, is that it's you're always no. gonna get someone yeah. on the, I, I like. I've met I had so many people in my lifetime that's just they like to be on the other side of the argument, and it even when it goes <clears throat> against their own beliefs, they'll do yeah. it just so, because. Do, do either of you agree with her though, or find yourselves kind of seeing the sentiment? Or do you I don't different... think I'm a big enough Star Wars fan to understand the true mm, like the myth of stuff. Yeah, yeah like the yeah, inner yeah, workings. But like no, oh I love I, all that stuff. That's what I mean. I I I do see what she means, and like some of them are obvious when she points them out. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be like oh yeah that that takes away from the essence of Star Wars like. Eh. I do, I do think. You don't care enough. <laughs> it's like I, they are weak films, especially like number eight, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's, but people love that. Like you know, point? you know, you know. I was saying the other day that what's made me even. You know, what's we were talking point? about Kotor and that Sam Meg's writer. Her yeah. favorite movie is The Last Jedi as well. Oh, it so makes it even stupid. worse. I saw that and I was like, oh, for goodness space sake. Space chase. Rewriter. <laughs> space chase. The woman it's who's... like the slowest space chase of, yeah. you know, I mean, ever as if well. If you like it, like I say, I'm not going to hate on you. You're oh, no, entitled of to like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But in my opinion, it is just, yeah. It's so dull. I it's hate it. I, so I hate dull. everything about it. And that. there's that weird forced <laughs> relationship between Finn and uh, yeah. the engineer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 with Rose. Yeah. That was so like forced and like oh, she I could do. have been such a nice character. And then it it's has, like, it has... but you're only in it to be the romantic interest. And then we ditch you in the next movie yeah. by like a throwaway like, line. What? <laughs> what would you... Okay. Oh, it just, it doesn't work. It's so bad. But yeah, I, I'm a prequels fan. So. <laughs> I'm probably also yeah. in the wrong. There's I mean, no winning. <laughs> I love the prequels and I love the original trilogy. And I love Rogue One. I think Rogue One was Rogue a, One's wicked a great movie. Film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bradley, like me and Jack said many of the time, Mandalorian is the one. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, cool. Um, so that's it for my news this week. Uh, away to nice. you, Jack. Yeah, okay. So I have three bits of news today. They are not very long pieces of news, however. So um, just kind of want to breeze through them quickly. Um, the first one is uh, actually, I have to I think I've uh, all three of my, all three bits of my news today are. <laughs> I feel like three, I'm just listening um, to a man lose his mind. No, all three bits <laughs> oh, of my news are movie related. Like I was just trying to remember if any of them were gaming, but they're not. Um, so essentially the first one i actually sent this to you guys the other day i don't know if you actually saw or not but um this uh trailer come out for the uh new series coming to netflix um in, which is set in the world of league of legends did either of you watch it i'm not really familiar with league of legends since when are you a league fan jack i'm not <laughs> i'm not at all this this news piece isn't this isn't going to come from a biased point of view at all i have never ever played it and i've no i don't really know anything about it either um but 
Do you not? It's no, weird. But, I, but I know I, what people I, talk about I know, all the like, time, but I have no idea either. I know like two things about it, and those two things are that it is there is a humongous fan base for it, um, yep. and I also know that they it's like make second great sim- most played multiplayer game in yeah. the, of all time behind and Minecraft. I also, and I that also know insane. it yeah. also annoys me that Minecraft is number one. Um, <laughs> Don't say that. We've you're a really special friends. <laughs> you're going to burn the bridge. Somewhere <laughs> Jordan's head just turned. Um, somewhere. You. He had like spider sense. Um, he just shivered. He was just he was on stream and he went, <laughs> He's like, what just happened? Um, no, anyway. Um, but, but the other thing I know about the game, like I say, is that they make incredible cinematic trailers. Um, yes. I, I know that for sure. <laughs> I've watched a few. Um, but obviously with no context. Um, however, um, so it's actually getting a, a series uh, which is coming to Netflix and it's actually releasing really soon. It's November the 6th. Um, but I sent the trailer into the chat the other day because I was really intrigued because I didn't know it. Oh, did um, we I, not watch that? My no. I, well, I don't think so. But um, either way, I sent this trailer in because coming from a point of view of someone who knows nothing about it, I really think this looks incredible and I'm really excited to to watch it. And even I'm hoping that you can watch it from an outsider's point of view and still enjoy it, like appreciate it and enjoy it enough. But I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. Um, but this this show just looks like it's going to be great. Like it's just got um, like incredible animation. Um, it's, it's Oh, it's animated, is it? Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a, the same animation that they're using for the them, trailers. They're more modern things. Yeah, yeah which... Is such a nice animation style. Oh, yeah, really? it is. Yeah, is it like CGI like, or an engine? No, it's it's almost like um, it reminds me of like cell shaded, like Borderlands type. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I like yes. style. That is it's comic yeah. booky. So like, almost. Yeah, but like really, it's kind of like um, watercolor, like kind of. Does that, do you know what watercolor? Yeah, is yeah, like? yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like that. that. In, it's uh... So colorful and pretty, and it just it's so good to watch. But yeah. But yeah, so basically the trailer is like, you know, your standard is sort of like two minutes long. I think the trailer is maybe three um, and it looks really, really good. And like from someone who knows nothing about the game and knows nothing about the characters, there's I've, I've read into it a little bit and they're saying that the trailer doesn't uh, the trailer and the show will include a lot of characters from the game, like that are relevant to the game. And, you know, there'll be a lot of Easter eggs for players who are really familiar. But at the same time, they're trying to come at it with this sort of, you know, you can watch it with no sort of prior knowledge or experience with the game um, as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, there's no real like story development. in game. No, it's, no. Uh, it's more like little nods to, to the yeah. things they do outside. Yeah, and so it's going back through the backlog of, of all of the things they've ever released, all the little shorts and and stories and things that you would have to go through to watch it. So I can see why they've gone for the you you'll follow it along. <laughs> Just yeah, fine. exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. It's um, going to be set in three acts, so they're um, they're going to do a few episodes per act. Um, I think I think they said it's going to be essentially. I think the first thing was going to be three acts and three episodes per act essentially um so uh so you know it's not gonna be too long but hopefully if it does well um this could be something that spirals into more series but i i just really want to talk about it because i like the fact that i'm coming from a point of view of not knowing anything about it because i i will definitely give this a go like i i I mean i have to say jack for someone who said he didn't like animation you're getting very into animation 
I've watched quite a bit of animation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, but anyway, like I say, there wasn't much to say about it. You should watch the trailer because it, it really, it really is beautiful. Like it is stunning. And obviously, I did straight away obviously compare it to the the trailers that I've seen for the game in 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 themselves. And obviously, it's pretty much the exact same the so, way they're making them. Do either of you know anything about the mythos though, or the nope. universe? Or... Oh, it's nope. huge. No, I know I, that's huge. Yeah. You, you'd have you'd have like. Over eighty percent like, of that hundred million, is, is not it like, know anything but play the game. Like, yeah. is it, it like a fantasy universe though, or is it Mortal? It's a bit of everything. It, I think it's, it's yeah, it's going to say a bit of everything. So basically, the the reason I've played League quite a few times, but I always find it a very difficult game to get into. And one of the reasons is it's got like a hundred and I can't even remember now, hundred and something characters that right. are playable. So, so to try and learn that up, game. To, yeah, yeah. Like Overwatch is sitting there with its 32 and I'm like, yep, I can do that. <laughs> and then yeah. League's just like, yeah, try and learn this though. And then you have to learn like everything about the game. But with having each of those characters, you get characters that are like sci-fi-ish, you get characters that are like fantasy, mm-hmm. you get characters that are like are like little girls that summon evil teddy bears. I can't remember. Yeah. I think I'm Annie. not sure if that would agree with my sensibilities. It's there's just everything. There's no genre. It's brilliant. No, like, but I love that. There's like a yeah, mummy. Oh yeah, yeah. That. It's like, oh yeah. There's there. It is just like... makes no sense, which is why I think I'm also attracted to the idea of league. But it what, is but so in difficult. a world where everything has to have a mythos, everything has to tie in. Everything. Oh, it does fit to... together. Yeah, no, they, it fits in really nicely. But there's just so much of it, and it's so diverse. And obviously, this has been going since I think 2009. So. Wow. Yeah, League of Legends has been going for so long that, like, the people that really love the lore and things probably don't even play the game. They just follow along with the lore because yeah, yeah. It's such it's, a that's separate the sort of thing, thing. That I can see myself doing because it just it looks so enticing. <laughs> and, just watch the animations. But yeah, the, so the program's called. Uh, it's going to be the show's going to be called Arcane. Um, again, I don't know if, what if that's a character or if that's a person. I think Arcane might be there. But anyway, um, yeah, just just check it out. It looks really good, and I'm really excited to see more on it. And I think we'll probably all watch it by the sounds of it. Because um, yeah, what's it on again, Jack? It's going to Netflix, straight Netflix. to Netflix, and it's on okay. November the 9th or yeah, sixth or ninth, I think. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, I'll give it a go. In but yeah. in July, there were 156 champions to try and learn. Wow. <laughs> And everyone is so unique in the way they play in the game. So, so, so if you want to be good at it, you have to know. What's the style of like play though? Like, it's a MOBA. Oh, it's a MOBA. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So five v five, three lanes. Try and take the enemy's um, nexus, and then. Oh, okay, I think I have actually seen people play this. Actually. So it's like, so you do you know MOBAs? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. spoke about it last week, actually. Did we? Yeah. I'm yeah. Crazy. Going <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just forgetting everything in my life. Yeah, um, it was one of your news pieces last week, Bradley. Oh, okay, yeah. We're talking about Dota, Dota 2. Yes, I was going to say it's like Dota, and then I remember because I, t- I talked about Dota, but never, I've never played Dota. I've played League, though. Um, I still have League installed. I just can never bring myself to play it because there's also like items in the game. So even if I learn every single character, I'd have to learn like 100 items as well on top of that that you buy during the game. And it just becomes it such... It's, it's just <laughs> such a pain. Like, I want to come in from but, work. But don't just people de-stress. just learn like one or two characters? No, but obviously if you want to be good, you have to know what you're coming up against. Because otherwise, uh... otherwise you're seeing this enemy and you're like, what the hell is this? And this like giant trolls coming towards you, and you're like, "What can he do to me?" 
Got, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what so does know this person how to do? counter them? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's one of the and like the whole thing obviously with MOBAs is you counter pick. So like you'll you'll take turns picking. Uh, obviously not in like casual play, but in like rank play, you'd take turns. So the idea is that like you're seeing what the enemy's picking, then you're counter picking. And I'm just like, right, no idea what that is. So I have no idea what I'm gonna pick. <laughs> I'm gonna play that one character that I know what to do with. <laughs> so it's just such a a hard game for new players. But I, I, there's always a part of me that's like, I'll get into it one day. But the longer I wait, the harder it gets. <laughs> yeah, because they, they just the keep problem, releasing characters, which is why it's probably gone up since that 156 in July. I reckon it's probably about 158 now because they do like every month. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So, like I say, um, go check it out, and uh, hopefully you all think it looks because I do. Um, but then moving on to the next piece, again, movie news. So, have you guys heard that they're making a Super Mario movie? Yes. Have you? Have you? This, this is what. Yeah, I saw the casting. Yeah. So, what did you think? What? Why? Yeah, I, I, I think love... I, I think pretty much all of them are spot on, apart from one, in my opinion. <laughs> Who's the one? My one is the so I'll go through them quickly just for anyone who obviously doesn't know this. So the um so we've got <clears throat> Bowser being played by Jack Black, which good. That's a good, that's a good 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 casting thing. Yeah, Toad being played by Keegan Michael K. Uh, Key? Is it K? Uh, K. I think K, isn't K. it? Keegan yeah, Keegan Michael K. K. Yeah, um, which again. I don't. I don't remember Toad saying very much, so I don't know. Like, I don't know. What <laughs> when, I don't think like, any but... of us are particularly massive Mario no. fans. Um, so <laughs> then we move on to Donkey Kong being played by Seth Rogen, which okay, I like is that. Perfect. That's perfect. Like, I'm sorry, that just couldn't be better. Um, then we move on to Luigi being played by Mr. Charlie Day, which I think is fantastic. Oh wow, that's so good because he's so like loud like high-pitched quirky like i don't know i really oh, like i that. just love all the memes of charlie day as well with the board yeah. and he's like trying to explain like his elaborate <laughs> plan yeah um so that's uh that's going to play by charlie day luigi um and then uh peach is uh anya uh anya taylor joy she is the one from uh queen's gambit most recently yes. known for. Oh, what a series. Which, she was yeah, so good. Which, which I'm, again, I don't know enough about Peach to know, really. I, <laughs> I know she's a princess, but that's like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's just kind of like a generic yeah, fantasy so, princess so, who's always so in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the main man himself, Mario, who is being played by Chris Pratt, which I just... I mean, he must be able to do a great impression, but I just can't oh, but see But they it. might not do that. They might not go that route. I, I was hoping like they, they wouldn't to. do that. No. Oh, really? If it was like, it would be funny for like the first yeah. second and then it would just be, yeah. Just oh, be in a two and a half hour movie. And he's just like, it's a me. It's a me. Oh. In an awful like <laughs> Italian accent. I think, I think the most likely outcome is he'll be an Italian plumber, which is obviously what? like italian american uh, italian american plumber yeah, and then every right. now and then people will like make fun of him and be like hey are you do you not have an accent he'd be like what am i meant to say it's a me mario like he'll do make the it, lines but they'll, it, yeah. they'll mm, do like yeah jokes when they yeah but i don't know i'd be I mean, shocked if he I, spends the whole movie going i think either way i think from what we've seen that's a really strong cast like there's a lot of big people there um and i feel like they are pretty well matched i, I mean jack black quite literally looks like he could be bowser 
um <laughs> like and and seth rogan was sort of like I, I almost now picture donkey kong with a spiff like hanging out his mouth like i'm pretty sure there's like memes of that anyway exactly no i just and, and charlie Daz luigi is great so oh, i'm excited it's what was there a wario casting no there's not so far ah oh. is there yeah, a so... waluigi no there's not a waluigi everybody's, yet everybody's favorite forgotten what child. about what about the yeah. lizard guy is that toad uh yoshi yeah yoshi yoshi he's yoshi. not no not the the, i love this we're clearly big fans yeah <laughs> what about the <laughs> lizard guy <laughs> or is, is that, that toad? the toad yeah <laughs> is that the toad? um but yeah so um i don't know when the movie's releasing or anything like that but i i'm really excited about it and i think it could be like are you really great yeah i am yeah Okay. I think why, it could be re- why are you so excited? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I just want to. I want to well, see it. You <laughs> can go watch it and then report back to us. I guess. Yes. And it end up in the utter garbage. Oh yes, I can't please. Say it's one of mine on, on the radar. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's going. It's gonna. It's gonna be. Ah, oh, please be in utter garbage. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I like so Chris moving Pat, on to my final but... piece of news. Um, you don't want it to be good. But no, I mean, I love, I love Chris <laughs> Pratt. But I just, he just doesn't look anything like Mario. Like, and he's like a sexy Hollywood Yet. leading man. So how are Yet. they going to make him look like? I don't know. I, uh, it's weird. Wait and see. Yeah, the I guess. power of makeup. <laughs> but yeah, so um, moving on to my final piece of news, which is uh, again movie related, um, and this is about a movie. Uh, that we're, we're talking movie turn game here so um i feel like this would appeal to bradley uh, especially so there recently a film i don't know if either of you've seen it or if you've seen it advertised but a film launched on netflix uh, straight to netflix uh, called kate um and basically kate is a um john wick for women is essentially what the essentially the the whole point it's just it's a a female lead instead of a male lead instead of keanu reeves it's a female um but the 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 concept is the exact same it's about an assassin who um it's quite a cool story so really so it's about an assassin who is um her dog is killed yeah her dog's killed (laughs) her cat is killed (laughs) (laughs) yeah they had to change some things um no so essentially um the the assassin tries to retire um gets poisoned by someone involved uh in the the basically her career and this poison is going to is slowly killing her but it's going to take about 24 hours so it's essentially about her finding what's gone on who's done it getting payback and trying to stop the reverse the poison essentially All that's in the 24 concept hours the yeah Jeez. that's essentially the concept so anyway the, the reason there's a news piece about this is that they've decided to turn it into a game. Um, and I was like, hmm, I wonder how they made that work. Like, I wonder what that will be about. Like, how, how, how will... is the film then? Is it good? Well, they, I'm actually going to review it after. So <laughs> ah, um, I feel okay. like I might as well do this bit first and then, yeah, yeah. then, I'll, then I'll tell you. And then we can the base next... whether the game's going to be good based on yeah. your review. Well, well, no, because this is the problem <laughs> is that um, I don't think we can because the style they've gone for with this game is really not what I would have expected if someone told me they were going to make a game of it. Um, okay. Like, so this is why I thought you'd like it. It's a roguelike. Yeah. Um, and essentially the way it will work um, is the game's uh, description is a roguelike about defying the Tokyo criminal underworld. Um, and then it's gone on to say, uh, right. Okay. So 
it's about the two, you have 24 hours to live uh, before the poison kills you. Um, you will fight your way through the Tokyo criminal underworld, uh, blah, 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 blah. But this is a top, like a top down game. And it's, it's really like cartoony and pixely, which mm-hmm. again, like, is it kind of like a um, roguelike meets like a, a twin stick shooter type thing? Kind of. Yeah. It's what, there's a short trailer at the moment. There's only one trailer and it's very short, but this what it looks like to me. Yeah. Um, but it's not sort of so chaotic as most twin stick things are. But um, so the game said that the game essentially works in a way that you can, you, your time bar will be constantly depleting on your run and you can slow the time by getting more kills so the more chaos you cause and the more kills you get the slower you are dying basically so if you go too long running around and you don't kill anyone even if you're hurting people but not killing them your health will just deplete and you will just die on the spot um so it's basically about keeping the pace up and keep moving forward basically um personally i based on the film i would not have gone for that style in making the game at all yeah you've um, gone for a hitman game i'd have you? gone for like uh i mean it's difficult because no one's made a successful john wick game either so um it's hard to it's hard to say how I there's a successful john wick game it's called hitman absolution <laughs> yeah but hitman absolution is not fast paced enough to be john wick like isn't it isn't there a bullet you know, time mode in that there's, like, there's a bullet like, time mode like, but i mean like, it's, like hitman's <laughs> about being like you know the 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 ultimate killer but whereas john wick is like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna flip you guys i'm gonna spin you guys I'm <laughs> yeah gonna, okay gonna, it's gun yeah. gun fu isn't it yeah. yeah it does yeah and and that's exactly what the film is like so it's hard to see why they've gone for this route i think the only thing that makes the sense really is that they've gone for the roguelike style um because obviously being about someone who is dying the whole way through it um kind of makes sense really to do it in a style that is sort of hardcore um so bradley it might appeal to you if you like the art style and you like that sort of thing I know it you seems like all right styles. is it a netflix game then I don't know. Oh, it could be. Because I, I think they've only kind of focused on these smaller like games that could run on mobile. Yeah. So maybe that's why they've gone for that graphical style. So did you see the weird rumblings that there's some rumours that Ghost of Tsushima might go to Netflix as a streaming title and stuff? Oh, really? Yeah. Pixel Ghost there's of all, Tsushima. There's all it's going to be a mobile I mean, version. It might be completely <laughs> un... So, um, you know. so it says here, the, the isometric pixel art roguelike is the work of... Um, Ludic Studios, they are responsible for the well-received Arcane and the forthcoming Windrunners, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, for, uh, collateral Damage, which is what it's called, um, Collateral Damage is described as a time attack action roguelike. So, and the, uh, the trailer just, uh, definitely promises fast-paced, twitch-oriented shooter through, uh, through you can wield katanas, knives, and guns. It seems quite cool. It will be, I think the thing for me that, makes a roguelike live or die mm-hmm. is obviously it has to have you know good combat that's that's mm-hmm. a given it is the progression if yeah. i don't personally like rogue roguelikes that have no progression where you do a run and there was no reason to die carry on whereas i mean you've been playing hades you know that every yes you know death yeah. still feels if... valuable you you still yeah. feel like not only have you gotten further you go back with you know more resources to then spend into the thing so there's progression there or it's the story in hades it's it's going back and then talking to people again and then getting new dialogue so there's a reason it's not repeat 
So if, if it's just literally a, a time attack game where it's like, haha, can you make it to the end? It, for me, that would get very boring very quickly. Yeah. If there's nothing for me to actually complete a run for, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. It sounds quite cool. It sounds, I, I just mm. looked at some of the images for it and it, it seems like it could be quite fun. Yeah. But I mean, like I say, I, it's not something that I would appeal to me and that's, uh, but, but either Yet. way, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Um, so but, I go, it's better than Hades, and you're like, fine, I guess I give it a go. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Hades. Um, I don't see that happening though. Hades is high bar, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's a high bar to set. <laughs> I mean, um, I can't even say that just based on the graphics. Hades is is way better looking. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That means Hades wins. <laughs> and and just watch like stuff from Hades. It's just beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um. So, yeah, that's uh, all really there was to talk about on that front, just the fact that I thought it was interesting that the film only released uh, a couple of weeks ago and there's now a game being made. Oh, so it clearly they had it in the works. It's, it was, yeah, uh... it's either in the it's either been in the works for a while or like pre-planned or it's like a this is like the most rushed game ever. Like, literally, like, <laughs> it, like... it, it was the John Wick game that we, you were talking about. And it, they were like, <laughs> um, Kate just released. Call it Kate. Yeah, let's switch yeah. the character. So we lost the license. <laughs> 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 mm. anyway that kind of takes me straight on to, unless you guys have any other thing to add about the game um but that, otherwise it takes me on to the review which is that it's a great movie um okay um because i was apprehensive me, about this don't get me wrong it's not anything incredible like there's nothing, nothing new <laughs> it's nothing new and there's nothing um you know like wow this is stood out from the crowd um it, but Credit where credit's due. I mean, I kind of went into it expecting John Wick, just like, and I love the John Wick film. So I was like, if it's anything like that and it's done anywhere near as well, I'll be happy with it. Yeah. And it, and it bloody is like, and, and do you know what? I would actually go a step further and say that the fight scenes are beautifully choreographed, um, especially when they're up close and personal. Oh, good. But what's, what I would go a step further in saying is that I would say it is more brutal and graphically gory than John Wick is. And I love that. Like I was like, really? some of the stuff that goes on is like, <laughs> geez, like, you know, that face you pull with like the bloodthirst face, like that. Oh, like that is gross. But like, that is awesome. <laughs> mm. like, there, there's a, um, there's a scene in a, um, you know, like the Japanese dojos, like where they like, it's you know like the uh, i can't think what they're actually called but you know like the shutter sheets between that they use as doors like the sliding yes. doors that are like yeah, paper yeah. like yeah so they're in one of those and there's like all different men sitting in different rooms having dinner with chopsticks um mm-hmm. and this fight goes on in one room with about is probably the protagonist versus six maybe guys and then obviously because there's people getting thrown around and there's blood getting splattered against the like in Japanese style, there's like blood getting splattered against the water, like the doors and stuff. But obviously it attracts attention of people from all the other rooms because people are getting thrown through them and stuff. Yeah. So then it becomes this mass brawl. And it's like, you've got to bear in mind, although assassin trained to kill, but mm-hmm. also there is still the element of big blokes small thing <laughs> like it's like you've got to take that into account so it's like this like strategic but scramble of a fight so like there's like it's scrapping at life basically like and some of the kills are just so so violently like but like 
in the best way. They're done so artistic and like the gore's really good. The blood's really good. The, the effects are really good. And the choreography is just second. Like, it's just as good as John Wick. And that, that says it always. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And like there was some, there was that one scene in particular in that, that big fight brawl. I rewound that scene like twice and watched it again because I was like, I couldn't quite take in all the cool little things that were happening and like the different, like, you know, in John Wick, when he um, is grappling people, there's a lot of really um, unique takedowns and disarms and things like that, like <laughs> things that you've never have seen yeah. in other stuff before. And that's sort of what they tried to do in this. There is some awesome ones as well. And like, you know how um, John Wick has a cool thing where he'll be fighting people, he'll be shooting people and he'll, grapple someone fight someone he'll throw them to the ground and he'll need to reload and he'll casually reload and then still shoot them like in yeah time. oh i think there's one in in his second or third where he uses third. them to reload yeah. yeah so there is a, there is, a there is something taken exactly like that in this in this moment um they use so it's a pistol that's in the hand and it needs to reload and you know how you pull the chamber back at the top and it then clicks the last the uh, like the new magazine that uh, it clicks the bullet into the chamber yeah she uses his cheek to do it but obviously as she does it with obviously the guns fired as well so it's hot so it like sears his skin and then rips like as it, oh. as it goes across his face and it's like it's so awesome and like the there's a lot of knife fighting as well and i think like in films when knife fights are done well i think they look so good mm-hmm. um and like there's, there's not a cool jump stuff. cut every like five seconds where it's yeah clearly. exactly yeah exactly so um, i hate that in like yeah it's so awkward isn't it where they fill action with just like cuts so that yeah it's easier for them to film because the knife never even gets close he's clearly jumping between stuntmen and actors as well (laughs) but there's like some like real like um savagery and that's what i mean about it feels like the whole film feels like a scramble for life because obviously they are dying anyway and and like this poison is affecting them to the point that they are struggling to fight because they're the the fighting alone is taking the toll because they're getting beat and bruised and battered all throughout the film. But at the same time, this poison is killing them inside. So it's it's taking an even bigger toll. And you really get that sense of like uh, the the that she's like holding on for life, like literally just to get to the just to get to the person responsible. And that's all that matters. It's just like a, a serious quest like quest for um revenge and vengeance. Like mm-hmm. and there's um surprisingly quite a cool understory and quite a cool backstory that kind of follows alongside it. Um and yeah it's just a really enjoyable action fast paced action film like that it's it's done really well. Um and you do you know who's in it as well which I thought was really cool. So there's not many really real characters because a lot of them are just henchmen and things like that and it's sort of just also <laughs> happening so quickly yeah one of them the um so one of the assassins had well the assassin's handler um so like the person who trained them raised them is woody harrison oh which, okay, like, cool which is woody cool cause, yeah because he's, he's he's a, a really win cool in guy. anything yeah mm-hmm. he is and and i really liked it and again he's not like center stage and i quite like that because he doesn't really take the like you know take the limelight he's like he's there for a couple of scenes then you don't really hear from him for most of the film and then he's there again towards the end for a couple bits and it's sort of like it's nice because he's sort of like a supporting character but he still has that screen presence that's you know needed when there's a film that's not got a lot of depth if you know what i mean like it's sort of all about the action um but yeah i really enjoyed it I, i thought it was a great film and um 
yeah well credit to them i mean it's uh, obviously i i there's there's not going to be a sequel i don't think um i would be surprised if they did a sequel just because you don't i don't really know how you follow that um but but yeah let's hope it's just a one and done thing because oh, well, I mean, you wouldn't like a second one no only because 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 you're sexist oh, Oh, no, 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 not at all. No, because there's Getting the real truth out. No, because there's this underlying backstory that's that's quite good for this one film. Um, the backstory kind of ends really by the end of it. And then obviously the only real main thing that the film's driven by is the, the poison scenario, um, because you want to see how it ends up and who did it and why they did it. But to be honest with you, past that, unless they were going to do maybe like a prequel about, yeah. the career of the assassin or whether they were going to do um you know something about somebody else who's part, part of the same organization maybe that would work but otherwise i just kind of think there's not really any way you take that story like but you know what if next time her cat's poisoned well there was no cat but i can see where you're coming from like yeah like anything starts it off um but yeah, so yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Definitely give it a watch. Um, it's not very, I, I think it's sort of an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. Um, and it was it was really good. And nice. I, like I say, if you like John Wick, you almost definitely like it. It's it's just basically on par, in my opinion. But, I will add it to the list. Hmm. But yeah, any who's next? Cool. Well, uh, I'll jump straight into my review. And um, this would be an interesting one, I think, because I'll be interested to know if either of you have seen this. But uh, I put about two weeks ago, um, I watched uh, The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide oh, wow. Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, have either of you watched The Suicide Squad? No. No, have, I haven't. No? No. Oh, because you were quite hyped on this, Jack. I was, um, and I just never got around to it. <laughs> So I um I was really bored and I paid for it went into renting the other oh, yeah. week on the store yeah on the store so uh, me and my brother rented it and we both watched it um but yeah I because uh, I I had watched the trailer and the tra- I think you don't know if you guys remember but the trailer wasn't doing it for me yeah I remember um so I went into this bit apprehensive so I was like oh well, I want to I want this to- I want to enjoy this i'll give it a go but like i didn't really enjoy the trailer and i know people have like loved it um for the most part like the reviews were really good but there were a lot of people as well who were like oh this is massively overrated and then i saw a really funny tweet that made me laugh where it was like um james gunn has done it has has made an amazing movie about a lovable cast of misfits and it's not called suicide squad it's called guardians of the galaxy <laughs> I saw that tweet and I was like, wow, that is such shade. Because it looked like he was lining up to say, you know, Suicide Squad's amazing. And then he was like, yeah, it's not Suicide. It's not like as good as Guardians. Um, so I was kind of, you know, apprehensious. But I can firmly say this might be one of my favorite DC movies. Wow. So you've done a I full, love it. You've done a full spin. It's so good. It's it is what Suicide Squad should be. Like and I love it because he he is made, he came from horror directing. That's where he got his start. Oh, really? Yeah, he directed Sliver, which is like this body horror film. Um, and his early stuff was he did do like the script for the Scooby Scooby Doo movies. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> oh, don't mention it. <laughs> so stuff like so I'm not on that. this podcast, young man. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have to put a rating on it, a little ratings <laughs> um, rating now. But yeah, so so a lot of this, and he did a he did a superhero movie, uh, a low budget superhero movie called um, oh, what's that movie called? Um, 
I, I, I had to I had to study it for my media course. Um, Iron Man. No, you can't remember. Oh, it's not a very big it, one. What's it? No, it's not because it's like it's an indie film. Uh, it's, the Avengers. I, I, I'm gonna have. I'll have to mention it next week on the podcast. But mm. you know, if anyone's listening to this and wants to jog my memory, like email us, tweet me, have a gas. If you know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, he <laughs> he did this low budget superhero film, and that's a 15, and that's really funny because it's got um Dwight from The Office, and he plays the vigilante. And it's kind what? of like, a, and it's kind of like a kick-ass, and he's doing like chin-ups, and he just goes around and starts beating people up, and it's really oh, I violent. Think I've seen that. I love it. It's a really good film. Dwight from it's the weird office. though. It is weird, but that's again one of James Gunn's, and then obviously James Gunn's brother did Brightburn, which Jack loves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and James Gunn had a hand in that. So he, as much as he's done these sillier, funnier, I'd say the Guardians movies are more family movies, like family um, action movies, like Marvel kind of. Yeah. And they do have some some more adult jokes, but they tend to lean more into that family sort of dynamic and be more feel good, right? Though I do think there's a great amount of emotion. I know you guys aren't too hot in the Guardians movies, um, but I love those films. Uh, but for me, I, mean, I think so, I might even prefer Suicide Squad to the Guardians movies. Wow, not hard. I I oh, I love the Guardians movies, but oh, it's just so good. I love it how just, you said not hard. It just lives not hard. Up. Easy win. It just lives <laughs> up dubs. to its name. Like it's called the Suicide Squad, and I think that's what the first one really missed. It's like the premise that is interesting is the fact that. It is is the title itself, right? They're on a suicide mission. This yeah. is hopeless. This is ridiculous. This is like you can have fun with that still, but that's the point of the story that's interesting that I think the original movie doesn't get. Because you get like one guy die at the start because he's like slipknot who can climb anything and he slipknots himself over and they blow his head off. And then no one else dies until right near the end where LDR blows like. You're now my family, so I'm going to sacrifice myself for my family. And then he runs off and gets that thing's <laughs> attention and dies. And that's essentially the... Uh, no, not the... I think... Which one's which? Which one's Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad is the first Suicide one. Because this new one's the... Okay, so the original Suicide Squad. Um, I actually... I actually enjoyed that movie. It was just suicide. Um, there was just no squad involved. It was it, just one or two people. I enjoy that movie, but I don't think it's a great movie if that makes any sense and it's yeah. probably maybe at the bottom of my dc movie list mm-hmm. um what? but as much what? as i love certain aspects of as in the original suicide squad yeah i know i, know. I was gonna say what you prefer it to green lantern <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> of course i prefer it to green lantern green lantern's right at the bottom of that list <laughs> it um, gives us great jokes about green lantern in deadpool 2 yeah <laughs> yeah um but anyway i absolutely back to back to the suicide squad the you know uh, film that came out this year made by james gunn uh, i just i can't i don't want to go into spoilers until you've seen it because i'd love to have a spoiler discussion about this but it's gory it's funny john cena and um idris elba are hilarious together they are just this ridiculous combo and they had me dying like it has this ridiculous sense of humor that is insanely dark like if you like dark violent humor this movie is literally that to a t and it 
has some ridiculous stuff in it, but it says it's so straight faced and straight laced that you just buy it hook and sink. You're not even questioning it. You're like, oh yeah, rat catcher. Oh yeah, rat catcher too. Oh yeah, his dad had loads of rats and they sat on a tower. Oh yeah, of course that happened. Like you just he he make I don't know how he like brings these ridiculous concepts and makes you mm-hmm. just buy it so much. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be a surprise considering he made everyone love and fall in love with a talking tree and a raccoon. But <laughs> somehow he does it again. He just has this wonderful way. And also King Shark is voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I was about to say this. I see. Which I didn't wicked. know that until recently because um, I saw him post he something about so it. He is so lovable. Yeah. I absolutely, because like, initially I was like, I'm not sure about it's King Shark. And throughout the movie, there's like, I won't spoil if anything does happen to him, but there were multiple points throughout the movie where I was like, no, don't kill King Shark. He yeah. doesn't deserve it. He's like, <laughs> he's so sweet and charming. Well, I know that he, he, became, and... he became like meme central when he's the film beloved. came out because everyone, everyone was saying what, how lovable he is. Like, yeah. Um, it's wicked. And Harley Quinn, this is probably uh, Margot Robbie, I think, has been good in all the movies she's been in as Harley Quinn. But this might be her best performance as Harley Quinn. Right. She is so good in this. And then even I wasn't a big fan of Rick Flagg, which is no. the colonel yeah, the guy yeah, the who's colonel. in charge yeah. of the Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. This movie made me care about him. Yeah, he was funny. He was inspiring. He was a great leader. He he has some lines where I was just dying. Like his his delivery was so good, and um, there's like a conflict in the movie between them, and they have, you know, the the first movie tries to say, hey, we've gone on this suicide mission, and now we feel like a family, mm-hmm. but it never feels earned. And like yeah. Deadshot is made out to be this super cold, badass assassin. And then after like one conversation with Harley Quinn, he's like, he's you like know soft. what? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to kill you. Whereas yeah, yeah. in this, they do like try to kill each other and they do do really like messed up things. And some of them go too far. And, and then it, th- th- by the end, like a few of them do build relationships, but it's believable. It's yeah, like they've, they've earned it. Yeah, Because yeah. they've gone through all this trauma together and they've kind of, matured and uh but they start and and you're like you're looking at the squad and well and you're like oh my god these people are just horrible like they're just awful and they do kind of grow across the movie but oh it's just so good and some of the jokes like i say it had me just absolutely dying like i i just i would love you guys to watch it because i'd love to talk about a few of the moments and like i say john cena and idris elba some of their delivery was just absolutely killing me and it's actually made me really excited for the john cena peacemaker series <laughs> um which i never thought i'd say because i've never been interested in peacemaker i think he looks ridiculous and i thought john cena in a superhero thing like whatever but uh, honestly i think it's john cena's best role what, what is his i i because i don't know anything but what is he's like is he actually got a superpower is he no like, what is... so there's a really funny line in the movie because they reference Deadshot who's not here anymore but he's like a super assassin right but in DC comics you have loads of these super assassins if Deathstroke Deadshot Bloodsport which is Idris Mm -hmm. Elba's character Uh, that's why I love the assassination contract in the Batman storyline in the comics because you have all these badass assassins coming after Batman right Um, and after having all these assassins brought together in the live action 
oh my god can you imagine a batman movie where you bring back will smith you bring back all these actors and you have them go after him in an assassination night mm. oh it would be so good but it'd be cool but you'd be rooting for some of the villains <laughs> yeah, yeah but i mean some people were in the comics fair enough um but yeah anyway uh, essentially peacemaker and bloodsport are both super soldier e assassin type characters and there's a really funny joke where John Cena is like, I do everything he does, but better. <laughs> and like, they sort of make fun of the fact that they're essentially the same character. Yeah. And then there's a bit where they're explaining the backstory and they're both like, I was raised by my father to be a stone cold serial killer. And he's like, I was raised by my father to be a stone cold like serial killer. <laughs> but Bloodsport is more this efficient um not heartless but more efficient and like um unlawful assassin whereas peacemaker is this highly patriotic american assassin so his distinction is he's still a terrible guy but his excuse is i'm doing this for america right you know (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's that really fun and that's why he wears the ridiculous costume um, and also Bloodsport's mask is a xenomorph mask and it looks absolutely epic. His whole suit is so cool. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's just a wicked movie. I loved all the characters. The performances were amazing. It was dark humour and gory and hilarious, but also like really poignant. And there were moments of really good emotion where I was really sad and really like caring for these characters. And uh, yeah, I just I think you, Jack, would absolutely this this movie is so so a bit of you. Yeah, I I did think it would be like initially. I I always sort of assumed it would be, but I just haven't got around to seeing it. And I not for any reason either. Just just never have. But I I will. I mean, I'm not sure about Bradley because I don't know if you like really dark humor bradley where it's like um it's like someone's yeah, gory being ripped do. apart and they're kind of joking about it in the same breath and you're like oh my god yeah i think it really depends intense. on how it's handled yeah it's so. done really well there was oh then there was, yeah probably there was no point where you know sometimes you're like oh that's a bit tasteless yeah every, every like dark humor got a, got a got a laugh out of me i don't think there was any point where i thought oh okay <laughs> you know whereas sometimes yeah. you do watch those dark humor films and they make a joke and then you're watching something horrific and you're like, uh, you're just awkwardly this, like, <laughs> this is a bit far, guys. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's the non-spoiler review of the Suicide Squad. If you both watch it, we'll do a spoiler discussion because mm-hmm. I'd love to do that. There's so much I'd love to talk about uh, in regards to that. But uh, yeah, that is my review for the Suicide Squad. Um, cool. Go watch it. Because I'm sure anyone listening who's still listening at this point would probably <laughs> enjoy that movie. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So all done then? Yeah, yeah all done. Ready? So I'm ready. Looking through, yeah, well, I'm looking through the list. Ready? There's six more <laughs> reviews to do today. Are you panicking? Um, no, no, I've picked. I've picked. I, I just, I picked actually a while ago. I was like, actually, I want to talk about this one. Um, So I want to talk about quite a small game, actually, but um, quite... Uh, an ambitious little game. It's, it's kind of cute. It's called Eldest Souls. And I don't like it when... Everything developers... about you is souls, isn't Well, no, it? this <laughs> is what I was going to say. I don't like it when they use souls in the name 
because copyright infringement it feels wrong it <laughs> doesn't it though doesn't it feel weird yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not made by the same developers it just feels weird copyright to make a souls like that has souls in the title i don't know i've always been that marketing guy was like look we can confuse some people here <laughs> Well, it's because it, it literally, like, Eldest Souls sounds like it could be in the Dark Souls franchise. Yeah, and I'm continuity, just like, spin-off or something. I don't know. I don't like the the whole naming thing with calling these things Souls, but it is a Souls-like game. Um, but it's it's kind of isometric-ish. Um, it's that kind of camera angle, you know, not quite top-down, but not quite perfectly, like, side-on and 2D. It's, it's very kind of in-between. Um, and it is... It is a really good game. Like, apart from the name, that's the only thing I'm kind of like, eh. But even then, I still like the name on its own. It's just the fact that they have to use the souls, so you know it's a souls-like. Um, but it's it's a souls-like, but it's a boss rush experience. So it's perfect for someone like me, who, when I now play, if I replay a lot of the, the souls games, I'll not have the time and the patience to sit and kill every single enemy on the way. I just want to do the bosses most of the time because they're the kind of, you know, that's that's what you're there for. So I do love these boss rush games where there's literally no other enemies apart from bosses. Um, it's just very convenient. It's just like so convenient just to get to the boss and just do the boss. And then that was like, ah, oh, that was nice. And don't get me wrong. There's some really nice downtime in between um, in this game. So it won't be a case of, oh, you go to a boss and it literally just takes you to the next boss. There's There's quite... It's not a massive world, but there's like a tiny world that's big enough for you to kind of explore the little corners of it, if that makes sense. It's it's kind of linear. It, you kind of just work your way up the map. Mm-hmm. But there's there's little niches and, and nooks and crannies that you can find little things in and and, um, and get little secrets, which I like. I like that kind of thing. I think because it, it's very easy to explore, but it rewards you for, for just spending that extra minute, you know, just looking around, just having a little a little wonder. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's a really fun game. And the reason it's fun is it has some really cool mechanics. So it, it you, you essentially go into these bosses. And the other thing I love is that because it's a, a Souls-like, you know, you, you fail the boss. Uh, you have to do the boss from the beginning. Okay, that's fine. But Souls-likes often have this really annoying concept of like running back to the boss. There isn't that in this game. It literally just says retry and then you spawn in the boss arena again, like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the fight. And I was just, it was so much more convenient. And I'm like, why can't Dark Souls do this? <laughs> it would cut down playtime so much where I don't have to keep running back to the boss. But that was just a little thing. Um, you have this massive sword, like for the character, it's it's a massive sword. It's like the size of him because um, he's this little, little dude um, in this kind of like slightly pixelated um, graphics. It's not like, it's very high res pixelated in my opinion. So it looks really nice. Um and you don't have any sort of heal in the game. So you have this massive sword, which is really slow to swing, um, and you don't have any sort of heal. But you do have a heal in terms of the sword itself. So if you charge up an attack, you'll get um, this kind of blood effect, and your sword like opens its eye, which you don't know it has until you do this charge effect. And then there's like so, like this kind of really cool effect coming off the sword, like it, it's it's kind of alive and. It, if you get hits while it's in that mode, it will heal you. So it it really rewards my play style, which is why I've really enjoyed playing the game when I did play it, of being overly aggressive and being like stupidly in the enemy's face because the more you damage them, 
the more you'll heal. So it, it really rewards that that kind of over aggression and that that like patient play at the same time as super aggression, like timed aggression. Um, and there's some really cool. So there's three kind of classes is what I'd call it. Um, and there's some really cool builds you can have. And it it just it feels really like it's like a Dark Souls. If you took out all of the bloat, condensed it down into like a, a three to five hour experience and then packaged it and you know like shipped it off and was like there you go and it, it's, it wasn't very expensive either so it kind of like the price reflected that but it, it has so much replayability because of the the wanting to get more um into your builds like further into your builds um yeah. so every time you kill a boss you you kind of absorb their soul and then you can use that to spend an upgrade point and eventually once you complete one of your trees you can start moving on to the next. But the problem is it takes a lot more boss souls. So it is basically like an endless keep playing new game, keep playing new game. And obviously every new game plus um, increases, you know, their damage, their health, things like that, just like every other uh, souls like new game plus. But it really makes you want to carry on. And I think I completed it three times in a row just because I was like so in that kind of obsession of like, oh, let's keep going. It's just one more playthrough. Just one more playthrough <laughs> until like, you're just like okay i think i'll stop for now um but it's just really fun it's just really fun combat it, it really rewards timing and the builds just have you play in a so i played the game at the beginning very very differently to how i played once i got my build running um and again if i changed my build it would again be very very different in terms of how i play and it's very funny when i see a game that has like one attack button but all of these different ways to play do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's just, there's, well, technically there's two attack buttons because you can get like a little, little charge power up thing on the, on the trigger. But either way, there's essentially one attack button and you have to time your charges. You have to time when you go in, you have to, you get perfect dodges. Um, You only have three dodges and, and then it has to recharge. So, you, but if you time it perfectly, you won't consume the stamina all the way. So it's like, it's these really like, it's really punishing. Don't get me wrong. It's a really, really punishing game. But when it, when it like, you know, when you're in that moment and it flows, it feels so good and you feel unstoppable because you're getting damaged, but you're just like, it's fine. I'll just heal it back. You know, you, you just have to pay perfectly. So you can literally get yeah, to the yeah. end of the fight, get absolutely smacked up to one HP and you can't take many hits. That's probably like two or three hits. And you, th you know, in, in souls, you'd normally think, oh, it's completely over. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm out of heals. I'm done. Yeah. But then you think, no, I just have to play well. Like, there's no point where you ever can blame the game and be like, oh, well, I ran out of this or like, oh, that didn't work. It's a really nice um, reward system, really. Exactly. And like, and then as soon as you do defeat the boss, you know, you've got a little point, put it into your, into your trees. And like I said, it's only when, it, so I got to a point where it was like, I had to get like five or six just to upgrade one point. So I had to basically do a playthrough to get one point. And that's when I kind of lost a little bit of interest because yeah. upgrading a tree by doing like a whole playthrough just to get one skill point was like, well, because obviously like if it's, there's only 10 bosses. I didn't say that. I don't think there's only 10 bosses in the entire game. It's not a very long game. Um, the idea is that you'll take a while on each boss and that's where the kind of the gameplay comes from. Um, and there's some really cool boss designs and some some really fun fights and i i know there's there's fights that i don't enjoy that i think about and i'm like mm, not the best um but there's only like one or two that i'm like not great 
Um, and even then, they're still realistically enjoyable. It's just in comparison, you know, when your head's just like, ah, that's not a good one. But then you're like, it's actually quite good. <laughs> but compared to the rest of them, um, it's not as fun. It, it is such a fun game, though, overall. And I, I will definitely go back to it. I will definitely be, I'll either start a new playthrough um, or I'll just go in and keep grinding and, and completing playthroughs to get further into new builds and that's that's the cool thing is you because you can easily complete the tree but then it's going further and getting more and more op um and then by the time you're actually getting into these new games it's just matching where you're at <laughs> to be an op um but really cool game if you're into kind of souls likes or challenging games this is definitely one and i think it's forgiving enough and like i said it, it doesn't make you spend a lot of wasted time so it just instantly respawns you back in the boss room there's no kind of running back. There's no loads, of, you know, of lost time. It is completely down to you. You can complete it in like half an hour if you were like really, really good at the game and didn't die. Um, very fun experience, though. Would recommend. Not that oh. either of you would probably play it. No, it sounds a bit too intense for me. But uh, it's so yeah. one day, Bradley. One it day. So, <laughs> but that's, that's why I become an addict. The adrenaline just never stops. You know, because you, you're just constantly going into boss fights. And then when you do, that's why I love. So the world is very deserted, and I love those moments just in between boss fights where you're just going through this deserted world, and you'll find like one person that wants to talk to you, and you're like, "Hello, <laughs> hello, stranger, <laughs> hello." <laughs> <laughs> are you going to kill me as well <laughs> are you here to hurt me uh but yeah i'd love to see like you you play like the first boss see what you think because the combat can be very very clunky when you're not used to it because right. it's so if you're you're not timing things right you're really slow with that giant sword but once mm. you find the rhythm of the game it really rewards you and you, you you're suddenly really like fluent and fast at the game and watching watching like the gameplay I have now compared to how I was at the beginning, it was, it's just a complete change. And, and I think that's one of the like more interesting things is that it could look so different from being the same game, but just being better and worse um, because that giant damn sword that he has to carry for some reason, as, as all characters and games have to have, you know, one giant sword. <laughs> yeah. Just one big giant sword. Yeah. So that is it for my review. Cool. Nice. It sounds interesting. It's I mean, really like cool. I say, um, every time you say you do a Dark Souls, Bradley, me and Jack are like, yeah, maybe we'll try. Well, <laughs> one day, Bradley, don't worry, one day. Uh, there is some that I think, yeah, that you'd definitely be more inclined to and, and more interested in. I think Elder Souls is such an easy experience to just try that. Like I said, I'd like to see what you think of the first boss and then it would be a case of whether that interested you or not. Mm. Um, if it ever yeah. goes on Game Pass, it would probably take like 10 seconds to install such a small game. <laughs> I'd want you to just install it, try the first boss because it's so quick to get to and then see if you kind of enjoy it and, and like that challenge. But nice. yeah, it would be one of the ones I recommend over something like Dark Souls, which is just yeah. such a long Pain. experience to well, get into. Yeah, We've talked about my situation with thinking it was a fun fantasy game and then oh, it is. taking it home and <laughs> oh, it is. being like, oh, it is. oh, is it, you know, like, I, I remember getting it and thinking, oh, it's probably like Skyrim or Dragon Age and then playing it. I was like, <laughs> got all the fantasy tropes, it's got knights and gargoyles yes. and everything kills you in like one hit <laughs> pain really tragic suffering that's real life though not in the game <laughs> oh jesus 
Well, do we have any closing thoughts for today's episode? Closing thoughts. Um, no. <laughs> I am blank. My mind is empty. <laughs> so um, my mind is anarchy. No, my mind is empty. empty. Is what I said. It's anarchy. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, to be dark. fair, I think I've I've had like I'm I'm running on like three hours sleep, and I've had a massive coffee before I started this. So if I have been a little bit loud or a little bit uh, over the top, I do apologise. <laughs> it's the caffeine, no worries, <laughs> making me scream. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna crash and I get into bed. I wake up. I wake up tomorrow at three a.m. and I'm like, uh. <laughs> that will all catch up to me then. <laughs> my a caffeine addiction anyway um yeah. a- anything else to add boys no well no, we will see you all same place uh, this time next week catch you next see time you guys see you later see you later